She leads, she thrives. The home of inspired conversations, practical and creative wisdom, expansive leadership and business insights, abundant braggadocious moments of celebration, and useful info you can actually do something with. You'll hear about mindset, marketing, money, magnetism, self-awareness and the Thrive Factor framework, its archetypes and more. Amplify your role as a leader, a self-led soul. Tap into your effortless success zone. Turn your ingeniousness and wisdom into profitable income streams. From solo shows to guests you definitely want more from, there's something for every ambitious, ingenious soul. I'm Shannon Dunn, a true OG of the business coaching space with an obsession with thriving. You are so welcome here. Let's dive into today's episode. Great big hello, everyone. I am so excited to be back with another guest episode, and this time with a very dear friend of mine. But just let me let you know who you are listening to. If you have not listened to She Leads She Thrives before, I'm Shannon Dunn, a long-term leadership or self-leadership really and business coach who has a lot to say about a lot of things, very much so. And one of the things that's been so important to me with She Leads She Thrives is reaching out to and inviting the incredible women I know from all over the world who I actually have some connection with in a different kind of a way than having just any old anyone on the podcast. So there you go, Lala, putting you in the spotlight, my friend. (laughs) I'm so delighted to have you here. So Lala and I, we only met officially probably a couple of years ago yeah I think only a couple of years ago we live in the same city so we're both in Perth and Western Australia we have such a like a a crossover of business network so we know so many people in common and I don't know about you, but I was certainly getting a lot of people saying to me something about la 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 la, like it was your name was coming up, and they're like, I don't say I haven't met her yet, and they're like, how? Like how? She's like everywhere. <laughs> it was about that, but I remember thinking that too, and then we did finally get to meet at an event locally, and it was like, and then we, you know, we catch up every now and again now when we can just have a really good you know, coffee, a catch-up, a chat, and we've got, as we say, I've got a lot to say about a lot of things, so have you, which I think is one of the things that has brought us together so beautifully. So I am so happy that you said yes when I said, come be on the podcast. Absolutely (laughs) would have said yes. Yes, we end up talking about. So let me introduce you with your official bio and then we'll get some questions and see what we do end up talking about today. So Lala McNabb is a passionate entrepreneur behind the Lala Group and a business mentor with a heart of gold. That's almost an understatement. Like, oh, really? Heart. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love like I just you, add, can write, you can rewrite my bio for me. I'm happy to do that. I just love yeah. adding to bios. <laughs> with over 20 years experience in starting, operating and growing small businesses, she is a true veteran in the business world, 100%, my friend. As a creator and working owner of Paper and Ink Studios, the Creative Republic, Lala for Business and Good Vibe Sense, which is your newest live business. Um, You've turned your love for creativity and business into successful ventures that you're proud of. You're known for your kind and empathic approach to business mentoring, kind but tough. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah we've got to be. I've got to put the tough end. Don't we're we? going to talk about tough love today. I think because it's so important to do that. Yeah. Love how you help them achieve their business goals without ever making them feel judged or overwhelmed. You firmly believe that every entrepreneur has the potential to succeed, and your mission is to help them unlock their full potential. So whether you're just starting out or have been in business a while, Lala is here to help you achieve your dreams. Her expertise and kind-hearted nature make her the ultimate coach and mentor, and to be by your side every step of the way. Oh, oh. <laughs> my friend. All right. So as we said there, you've been in business a long time like me, but you're ahead of me a little bit even. So I think sometimes I, I have a little internal juggle, a chuckle, I should say, to myself when people are like, what stands you apart? I'm like, well, I've been in business longer than most people I, in, in like in a room if you're networking and you can even yeah. it's longer. Yeah. And uh, between us, we've been in business a lot longer than most of the women we would network with locally. Right, significantly on this earth find <laughs> <laughs> our business like how long we've been yeah. in business yeah. most of the people we network with yeah. haven't even been yeah, born true. That long. Yeah, if you, yeah true if you combine the the time that we've both yeah. together been in business yeah 100 yeah it is more than what the age of a lot of them the yeah i know <laughs> so you're the kind of soul that with your multiple businesses you also have an abundance of ideas brewing all the time, right? So I'd like to, before we go into kind of what you do with all of those, yeah. how did you start in business? Like where did this first, like this initiation from whatever you're doing pre being a businesswoman into your first business, how did that all start? I don't actually think I've ever even asked you about this. So this yeah, is I think because, um, you know, it's 20 years ago. People don't yeah. really visit that story, do they? No, not, um, not enough. And yet I love founder stories. I think they're yeah. so I never intentionally went into my own business. Um, previous to being a business owner, I ran restaurants for people and I ran the really big successful restaurants in Perth that were really well known. I was very good at it um and being an all-in kind of person and an acts of service person I was working 90 100 hours a week for other people making them a bucket load of money and um burnt out hit a massive brick wall and spent close to 18 months locked in my house for severe agoraphobia and depression um also thyroid issues which became Hashimoto's mm. chucked on like 40 kilos in three months that kind of thing just burnt out my complete adrenal glands and the rest of my body and there were plenty of signals body signals that were happening to me on the way to that massive burnout that I just didn't see or or not that anyone else stepped up and helped me see them as well it was yeah it was just a massive car crash about to happen and everyone was watching it really so out of that experience, there has always been some sort of creativity inside of me. I was got a dance scholarship at 16 and things like that. So I've always been quite creative, apparently even more creative than I've realised. <laughs> um, stationery being one of my love affairs. One of my friends said she was getting married and needed some help planning her wedding. And one of the therapies of getting me better was to do something creative. So I started making some earrings, which was trendy back then, you know um and she's like well you come and help me make some invitations and when you made wedding invitations 20 years ago you'd walk into a shop and pick out pretty paper and you'd right. cut it together and put ribbon and dime one twos and glitter and all sorts of stuff yeah. on it and that's what we were doing and I remember walking around the shops and I just fell in love because I love paper and stationery and creativity it was all coming together and I was helping her but as I was walking around 
doing this experience with her with stationery shops, I saw a massive gap in the market. I was like, these are the old style craft shops where the owners are not profitable. They're not running them as proper retail shops. There was no such thing as service. And it was really out of date. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the way it was being sold or displayed or whatever it was, was really out of date. And I was kind of walking around going, I can see that this is on its way to being a full-blown trying, Yeah, right now I'm visualising exactly those kind yeah. of craft shops. And yeah, I'm- right? Yeah, this is like, this is going to happen. Yeah. And someone needs to do it right. I'm like, I reckon I can do that. So mm-hmm. I actually started off in the Subiaco markets on Rockaby Roadside, not Station Street side. And I took out a little stall. I remember it. I could literally put my hands on both sides of the wall. It was like 12 yeah. square meters. I know which ones you made. Yeah, you roll up your door and you do a Thursday to a Sunday kind of thing. Anyone who's local listening who's over 30 will know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I probably <laughs> see Those markets are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose it's equivalent to what people do as pop-up shops or markets yeah. now, but this was just like a kind of semi-permanent space. So I decided that that was what I was going to do. I opened up a little paper shop in this 12 square metres and there was a range called Christina Ree. She's sort of around mainly in office works, I think now. She had just started bringing out a beautiful stationary range and it was like a capsule wardrobe. Everything matched. Mm. But no one was carrying the entire range here in Perth and nobody had taken the foresight to go, okay, how do we bring in other items to make it like a full yeah. range? Because so that's what I did in this little 12 square metre shop. And I remember within like three or four months, the sales rep came and she stood in the doorway of this shop, got on the phone to Christina Ring and said, I can't believe that this girl has topped our sales in the state wow. in three months. She's <laughs> in 12 square metres and she trades four days a week, yeah. you know? Yeah, so that's how it started. And then once the markets, they had sold them and said, we're closing down. And I was like, oh, I'm either in or I'm out. So I just went in, blindly mm. in, no idea what I was doing. Didn't know how to design stuff, didn't know how to print things. Totally just, yeah, went all in and ended up with a job in Leadable. Right, it fascinates and me. That's it. <laughs> At this point now, knowing more about what you have created over in those ensuing years, that you didn't have that design kind of standing and everything since so interesting yeah no graphic design no printing background or anything yeah I learned a lot about printing from an old man across the road who used to work for the West Australian who still had all the old original presses and fonts that were metal and I'd hike across the road with some food and coffee because Doug was probably in his 70s and I'd go over there and pick his brain and hang out with him in this dirty old shop and, you know, everything else. I just learned everything along the way. And there was no such thing as YouTube videos to learn from right. or anything, right? No, I think I just got a phone, had a fax machine, had a landline, and we advertised in Yellow Pages, had a retail shop. Love no it. website, no, no social no, media. I was just going to say no website, no social media. No. Another thing that's, that's yeah. standing apart. Yeah. And again, Very different, yeah. That. And that is still the same business I own to this day. I know. Just rebranded, but it's, yeah, same same thing, isn't it? I love it. I love it. Um, So, so many newer business owners launch into this business landscape, right, particularly the online landscape these days in a bricks and mortar kind of a style and get so, I I would say, I think you'll agree, distracted by things like vanity metrics, which we can talk about what they are, and just kind of throw themselves all into who they perceive as the overnight success, 
with this expectation of speed of achieving things and like that you know that quantum leaping kind of stuff yeah. right I'm not saying it doesn't happen I'm sure that there it does for some people but the realities for the majority of us in business are very different you and I've talked about this in different times and we've <laughs> caught up where do you want to like what do you want to talk about in regards to this kind of thing and this whole I guess the the truth about business <laughs> From two old ducks who have been doing yeah. it. I think we just need to like get to the point and say, like, I've had a couple recently who are very intelligent. You know, like this guy's a CFO for a company and she works like, and they came to me about a business idea. And I was just brutal. I said, you're going to need three times the amount of money that you think you need. You're going to take three times, five times longer than you're going to take. It's possibly going to flop and then you're going to need to find some more money and some more mojo somewhere to make this happen. It is not going to happen overnight. All of this shit that you've been absorbing in, and these were mature people. They weren't young, mm. start, you know, like rose-coloured glasses. They were people I would have thought we've had great common sense. And they walked away and was like, holy crap, that was a bit of a slap. I'm like, I'm not going to hold back and tell is you. It tough if someone needs to tell you, right, how bloody hard this is. Yeah. And even yeah. though I've been in business for over 20 years and I'm lucky enough that my team have been with me for almost the same time, Kelly's 17 years and Anna 10, yeah. like, we've just gone through one of the toughest couple of months in that stationary business, you know, where we've had to go and take, like, withdraw on some money that we put into a savings to keep the cash flow going to be able to do this, to be able to do that. No. It doesn't and get any easier. People get shocked when they hear about that. And I know I've shared that some yeah. of the- things in the last probably 18 months to two years have been things I have never experienced in the 18 years I've been in business. Yeah. And the the reliable patterns of like when clients' inquiries would increase and different things like that, when I'd bring on like easily, effortlessly bring on new clients, all of those patterns and those timings throughout the year and the seasons, all gone. Oh they just don't exist like for the last probably three and a half to four years we all know yeah. what happened about that long ago um they've just gone like that that reliability is not there anymore yeah so, and yet, yeah. yet there's still this kind of whimsical idea that I'll just like throw myself out there and focus on all these things and it will just happen or if I follow this particular or invest in this particular kind of mentor or coach or whatever they get called that's my answer to my success. Yeah, they have this like, magic wand theory about it, don't they? Like yeah, the magic wand is yeah. just going to get weighed over it and everything's going to be great. Or they think that they're going to put the work in and then sit back. Mm. Uh, no. <laughs> no. There's no such thing as passive income or a set and forget kind of business. Do you know what I mean? That's all bullshit. Yeah, it Absolute is. Absolute bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It is. So through your experience with the clients you mentor and the, the yep. business owners you come into contact with, what kind of things are they focusing on that is just really a waste of time? Like those, you know, vanity, vanity and stuff. What do you see more so? I think the first thing that pops to my mind is the follower count on your social media. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I only had this many followers. I'm like, well, does it really matter? You mm, know, the follower count number doesn't matter. How many people <laughs> view your videos and reels and you know if you go viral and all of this kind of stuff like one of my clients recently um she's on tiktok and i'm like why are you on tiktok she's oh because they get views i'm like yeah but do you get any money from it does anyone order from you i'm like well then you're wasting your time it's vanity metrics just ego metrics isn't it it's just yeah. ego where yeah they follow on the follow account the email list where they kind of go oh, i've got this many people on my email list but they're not transacting you know, those sort of things like that. 
Yeah. yeah. And also the whole uh, I do this many sales per week or per month or I make whatever this, but is it actually profit? Oh, and yeah. the one that I love is, is it real money and real wealth and success? Or is it just you being irresponsible and spending your money on stuff to show that you're making money? Yeah, yeah. that's my favourite yes. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've uh, talked about that in various conversations on the podcast mm-hmm. and some of the solo episodes that I've created and shared around things to do with money. And I really don't care how much money anyone makes. I want to know how profitable you are. Yeah. 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 Mine is I want to know if you're actually happy in your life. Yeah, but that's another part of that. <laughs> yeah, I've been in situations throughout, you know, particularly running these big restaurants where you get all of the wankers in yeah. and you can see, yeah, you can see the guys that are successful, but they're bloody miserable and every other part of their life is falling apart, but they've got the money. Yeah. You know, yeah. or, yeah. yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of show showy stuff in the business coaching mentoring space yeah particularly because we've got this social media stuff as well we can just do the whole smoke and mirrors kind of thing and I I think the trend in that kind of 2020 2021 as there was a sudden rise in the number of people coming into this space as business mentors business coaches that there was a lot of the I don't even have the right language for it because it just baffles me that it was such an obsession. But this whole, let me show you my lifestyle, which, yeah. you know, the certain type of, what do they say? In the the I call it the wank. Yeah, right? yeah the wank. That's, that's probably totally inappropriate language, but that is what it is. It's just yeah. wanker language. Yeah, it's like it's having the right kind of purse. Uh, we say bag, yeah. bag, but, you know, the the I'm fly, only fly, business class now yeah. I drink in the bathtub every night like this kind of look at my lifestyle my instinct and I think I'm probably pretty right with this and I think you would see through the the bs about it as well is that a lot of that was show and again yeah. these people still don't have businesses that actually transact successfully profitably nor do they actually enjoy putting up that show of whatever they're trying to pretend to be yeah it's it's got an emptiness, a shallowness to it. And I feel like it's shifting a little bit, not fast enough for my liking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you want to flick the switch off, right? Yeah. If that if you're listening, that works for you, good on you. It just yeah. doesn't resonate with me and my values and the way that I like I to agree. approach yeah. business. Um, and I it's been interesting seeing over because I know you've you've kind of mentored in the background less what formally then my business mostly like always yes. focuses on coaching and mentoring but you've still mentored a lot I know that through the conversations we've had and you know through all of your business there's been people come to you and you've helped them along the way yeah. I can see that in your archetypes too yeah. <laughs> right um but interesting seeing the different trends that come through the coaching mentoring space and uh the things that come back again and it's like yeah but now we've seen this already it twice and it bent out the first two times so I'm intrigued to see what happens with all of that and if we can get back to really looking at what truly makes a business successful and as you said and the the person that you are being able to have that happiness that lifestyle you actually want because it fulfills you not because you think you need to have it look or be like a certain something yeah yeah Yeah. So much, so much. Interesting. All right. So being that you started pretty much in a bricks and mortar kind of shop front space, at what point did you recognise that there was an opportunity in the online space for you to expand 
your reach, your business, the way you work? Um, you know what? That I saw that quite a long time ago, almost mm-hmm. 10 years ago, but I had a horrific experience with a website company that actually stopped that from coming to fruition. And it took almost mm-hmm. two years and then it took a court case to actually get it to finish and everything else. And I had noticed that I thought, you know what? People can order stationery online. We can make this a thing. So mm-hmm. I was having a custom website built before Etsy with probably really almost started and before some of the big guys that are well-known like Vistaprint and Minted and all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. which are mainly American-based, I was having a website built to basically do that, order stationery online. But um, the company that I dealt with didn't come through and it just didn't work. And by the time I recuperated, not just financially, but also emotionally from it, yeah. Um, yeah, I was almost, I was too gun shy after that. I had to lick my wounds for a little while. So I dabbled in the Etsy. I used an Etsy shop for my, I had a retail shop. That was when I had the bigger version of it. And then what I did is I set up an Etsy store. And when people wanted to order online, they went through the Etsy store. And we were just doing so much orders through it. So then I kind of got my courage again to build a website. And that person also didn't do the right thing. So I went through another court case again. Um, and then I finally did it. And then when we we had one so my previous business was called Lala Design and it got rebranded on the 11th of the 11th 2022 how's that for numbers um to paper and ink studio because I wanted to break it away from my name Mm. and make it a full e-commerce site I also was not as in love with the one-to-one consultations with couples and everything my my love affair of that was shifting towards mentoring and I had to recognize that so I designed it to basically work on a full space. But before it flipped its name, we had a e-commerce site that was doing really well. And we were just watching the numbers increase. And then I watched what COVID did, which was create everyone very comfortably to shop online. Um, and I just thought, this is the way it's going to go. I look at how much I shop online and how little I go into a retail space anymore. Um, and yeah. And I also have to know that the demographic of that audience, the ideal client, is 25 to 38. Yeah, very rarely. Very comfortable. To, yeah, they're not going to show up in and look at all the paper you have available to create stationery. or the They actually design. don't even want to talk to someone. Yeah. They don't want to do a phone call. They don't want to do a consultation or anything yeah. else like that. They just want to be able to just do it all by email, chat message, whatever it is, or just shop online. So, yeah, and we're coming up to the first year of that business that was built on a new Shopify mm-hmm. store um, and everything else. And, we, yeah, we made the investment. It took us a year to do it. And the investment, we made it back within the first three months. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely showing that it's worth it, even though everyone said I was crazy, including Kelly. She's like, do we have to do this? This is a lot of work. I'm like, we're doing it now or we're doing it next year. Either way, we're doing it, but I'm not, you know, when there's timing, there's yeah. timing. This for me was timing. So I just trust my gut and pushed and just mm-hmm. told everyone to just buckle down and let's get going on it. Yeah. It's not negotiable. Yeah, yeah I don't normally lead like that. I normally lead with my team fully behind me and on board. But this time I did take a little bit of that Napoleon stance and went, no, nah, you're doing it, whether you like it or not, and off we go. Yeah. I'm not surprised that there was a little bit of resistance in your team. Yeah. Pointed out. They've been with you doing things a certain way for such yeah. a while. Right? Yeah. 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 I love it. I found I find the whole thing thrilling. 
I love seeing a sale come through. I love that sound, ka-ching. And then I love, what I love is going in the back end and watching the journey. How many times do they visit? Where do they come from? What pages do they love? How long did it take for them to transact? I find that stuff really interesting. Which this is probably an ideal time. I did say to Lala at the beginning, she and I are going to catch up later this week when we're recording. And I'm going to introduce her to her Thrifactor archetypes for the first time. So, she, so you don't know where they are. Oh, I love that you don't know what they are. But exactly what you just talked about then in terms of seeing the journey, understanding all the moving parts, like the machination yeah. is classic liberator engineer archetype. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah. One of your six archetypes is one you and I share. And it's when I, I wasn't surprised when I saw this show up in your uh, yeah. profile at all, but that being able to see the big picture of something and understand all the moving parts and then the analytical processing and strategy behind it, that's the gift of the liberator engineer. Ah. Yeah. Making sense now? About yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Cause people say to me, how do you like, how do you nut it out? How do you see it? And I literally, it's almost like I close my eyes and it's like a visual that comes to me. And if I see big things, like, you know, like I see the Olympics or something and I go, Oh, I'd love to get into that or like get into all of that nitty gritty. Yeah. And everyone's like, are you crazy? Yeah. yeah. No, no, never crazy. Right. No, and crazy. you also, you, another of your six archetypes is the shapeshifter alchemist. Oh. Manifesting archetype. Like we've all got gift for manifesting to a degree but that one is like a next level so being very considered conscious and intentional about what you think say feel and do because it will become your reality absolutely 100 percent. yeah i have definitely got yeah my husband is that absolutely i remember sitting at the dinner table i was in my previous marriage with my pseudo grandparents so grandparents are not really grandparents and they were the second time married they've been married for like 20 odd years they're in their 90s I remember sitting at the dinner table at Christmas with them watching them and saying to myself I want a husband who looks at me like the way granddad looks at Nana I want this and literally Alex walked into the coffee shop two weeks later after I decided to leave my marriage and he is that person and I have that marriage he looks at me like my granddad looked at my Nana Love it. Uh, so yeah. you're alchemist and never surprised when I talk about your ability. <laughs> never. Even the those shapeshifters who have manifested things that they would say are negative or they actually don't really want, and then, then they're real and honest with themselves, like, actually, you know what, I did put a lot of energy and time and emotion yeah. into that thing, into trying to avoid that thing, but in doing that I was actually, you know, adding to it. So I look forward to talking to you more about that one. So there's two of your archetypes revealed. Okay. <laughs> I think the going leaning into that energy of the liberator engineer comes to the next question because products, you know, from the outside looking in as something that you love to create. Yeah. Yes, you're, you're mentoring and you're coaching, you're supporting other business owners. But I think every time we've caught up, and it's not that frequent, but when we chat, we message, and you've always got something that you're thinking about bringing to life, right? <laughs> Always. So with that abundance of ideas, which is also tied into another archetype I'll share Wednesday, (laughs) the ideas generator for sure. Uh Possibility, like there's so much for you that that is going to be a possibility, yeah? How do you take it from knowing which idea to turn from an idea into an actual tangible concept and then progress through all the steps to make that actually a thing that you can sell? Like how do you work out which is the thing to, to actually lean into and put your energy, time, money, resources, all the things into to make it a real thing. Yeah. Um, 
the ideas usually come because I see a problem that needs to be solved and it just needs to be solved, whether it's, you know, making a product for it or something like that and there's nothing out there. Or I see something and go, oh, we could do that so much better. And the new business, Good Vibe Sense, which does the inspirational car refreshes, is a classic example of that. Yeah. And, and there are lots of ideas that come to me. Fact, can I just add this in and then you can yes. tell us more about this? When Lala and I caught up recently, she gifted me one of these incredible car, you can't even say freshener, like it's a car. Know, yeah. it's, like a, it's like a gem that you add to your car. Like the, <laughs> the rumors are beautiful and it's got a beautiful saying on it. Lovely, the color's gorgeous. And I love it. And I've had so many people that's been in my car since. Oh, oh, oh what's that? So I've yeah. been so yeah, so tell us more about this new business because it's it's gorgeous. Yeah, so that is a classic one of where you get an idea and I had to shelve it for over a year because I had my focus on moving La La Design to paper and ink. Mm-hmm. So and I think it comes back to that the archetype you said where shape shift and you have to put your mind to it. So I know not to shift my focus off things. Mm-hmm. So I had to stay focused on paper and ink and get it to a certain point, but I just couldn't shake this idea so I spent the time just researching it having a look at what's out there ordering I think I'm going to do a video next of how many car air fresheners I actually went and bought and ordered the paper-based ones I think I've got like 80 plus oh and goodness. I still just couldn't find anything that I thought was what you know it needed to be so then I go to the next stage so once I've done kind of a bit of a research to see if there's actually a market for it I then go through the whole costing stage yes. and start pricing mm-hmm. it all out early yeah yeah if it's actually got any profitability in it how much do I need to you know make or buy or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um to make it viable for me to do so Mm -hmm. because I now have a you know my at my time is now really valuable and it is worth quite a lot of money now compared to what it was before I was mentoring Mm -hmm. so I have to be very mindful of that but then I also like to do things that just fill me with joy because I can I find this process creative I love seeing things come to life and see if I can get an idea to work so this actually brings me a lot of joy and part of that business is about it giving back to the community so you know the some of the sales go back to our local Perth Homeless Support Group, which is really important to me. And then we use them as random kindness gifts as well. So it kind of just ticks all of my boxes. But when I have these ideas, if I can't shake it, then there's a certain point that sits inside me where I can't shake it, then I'll go through the process and I'll go through these logical processes and it kind of has to tick kind of check boxes along the way so same thing when we're developing new products for paper and ink for example which is predominantly for wedding couples getting married um i have been met many a times with that is a really stupid idea or no that's not going to work and then a little part of me is like just you watch and see right. <laughs> well, the and then i'm like yes <laughs> the other key trait of the liberator engineer that we share is the rebel it's the only ah, other street. Yeah. So that's where that's coming through. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know it was in me, but I've definitely seen it. Oh, yeah. I, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> over the last couple of years where I'm like, okay, all right. You know, and I'm not saying it always works, but um, yeah. And I get a lot. And the other thing is when I'm mentoring, I get lots of ideas for my clients as well. So it wouldn't be unheard of me going, I'm messaging you this before I forget, but this is the yeah. idea that just came to me. Yeah for sure yeah. Yeah. I mean that's it you are an ideas person for sure yeah I got a tattoo of a light bulb on my arm recently yeah. did you know that I don't think I did know that there you go yeah yeah, yeah. Just so see. right see perfect <laughs> another expression of who you are yeah but uh again 
I'm kind of teasing a little bit for everyone listening and yourself. The ideas stuff, the ideas traits that you have are very much expressed in your archetypes. Um, yeah. Which we do, again, we can't deny our personal psychology, which is one of the th- reasons I love that framework and love that I created it. Yeah. What it can give us in terms of us understanding. Ah, that's why I do that. That's why I respond like that. That's why that's a thing for me. That's why that challenges me. Yeah. Or, you know, all the above and more. But yeah, ideas generation is, is overwhelmingly abundant across. Oh. <laughs> And so as I said, like when I looked at your results from when when you took the assessment recently, and I was like, yeah, of course, of course, that's all there. (laughs) There was just one, as I said, I think earlier to you before we started recording today, there was one archetype that I thought might be there and I was kind of surprised it wasn't. But then when I looked at a combination from a traits perspective of a couple of your other archetypes, I can see how that's showing, like how that shows up in your brand particularly probably more than you as a individual definitely in your brand so when you're not in that product and creative space and and pursuing another thousand and one ideas (laughs) you have shifted into the mentoring space and mentoring clients to achieve their success that they desire in business but what was a pivotal moment for you that really shaped your approach to mentoring and how you work with your clients I reckon my most growth has been what this is we're in twenty twenty three, aren't we? Yeah, so yeah. I've done quite a lot of growth this year, but it would have been twenty twenty two. That would have been my first full year of being properly mm-hmm. paid to mentor. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I definitely learnt a lot in that time, right from everything from the qualifying of clients, attracting the right kind of clients to you. Luckily, I didn't get any, like, too many that were red flags or anything. There were a couple that you instantly get on a phone call with and go, yeah, this is not going to work. And then afterwards, you kind of see this thing unfold and go, yeah, I made the right call. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one client for the full year who had... I never pronounce it correctly. Is it ADHD? Is that correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. there's different variations of it, but yes, that, that is. Yeah. Um, and that was a massive struggle for me because I'm definitely a doer. If you say you're going to do something, get it done. Yes. And um, I'm pretty ruthless with it. And it's very hard to work with someone whose brain is working in a different way and you don't have an understanding of that because you can't see it. It's not mm-hmm. tangible to you, but you can see that there's no results coming or what they think is great results you're like really that's not enough you haven't done enough you know work harder that kind of thing so that was a really good learning experience for me Mm -hmm. because I had to say to myself go in with no prejudice listen without judgment and I did a lot of extra study around how to communicate and work effectively with her and things Mm -hmm. like that so I found that really good and I've used it for this year with clients as well like I've essentially gone okay this is what's going to work for you now so yeah I would say that last year in coaching or mentoring was the one and I had called myself a business coach and it was probably this year that I went now it's mentoring for me and they're very different so I've talked about this on the podcast previously but I'd love your take on like how you distinguish the difference between a mentor and a coach I feel like with a mentor, it is from experience. You're using your own toolkit to help someone else build their toolkit. Um, And you're more intimately involved in their business or their life or whatever way you're mentoring as well. So as much as you will 
give them advice and give them actionable lists and things like that, you're kind of not leaving them on their own. If they get stuck, they reach out, they're there, they're, you're there to help them through it. But we generally come from a place of experience. We're not just qualified on paper. We're yeah, actually qualified yeah. Whereas, with real life experience. Yeah, yeah, real business experience, real life experience. Yeah. yeah. And then the coaching is very different. It's more that guidance based yeah. on guiding people to explore their own solutions their own answers to come up with their own whatever they're doing um I know that and then you know being a consultant's another thing again yeah yeah I know that for a long time I have referred to myself as a consultative coach because there is a but there is those people that just come like just tell me what to do and if you've got that actual experience like you have with the mentoring you know that experience gathered over two decades plus you know plus all the the time you had working other people's businesses successfully for them, right? It's many, many more than two decades. It's just your own businesses. Um, yeah, some people just, they just want you to tell them. And I understand that, you know, because yeah. traditional true coaching experience can feel, I think, very lengthy because you just want an answer. Someone just tell me what to do. Human <laughs> nature, right? Yeah, I think from... From an outside perspective for clients looking in, for them, they judge business coaches as people who say they're just coaching mm-hmm. and they don't actually come from experience. They've taken a course or they've decided to call themselves a business coach or whatever it is, but they're not actually got any business experience, yeah. or any life experience. So yeah. I think from an outside client's point of view, that's how they're seeing coaches compared to mentors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's very there's some very particular things to be mindful of when you're selecting a mentor and I know you've got yeah. lots of ideas about different things so what would you say are kind of the the top three that come to mind when you're selecting someone to work with to support you to actually achieve things in your business I think the first thing is you have to hear how they communicate mm-hmm. everyone listens differently and communicates differently so that's why I spend so much time with my face and my voice on social media because I want anyone that's looking for a mentor or a coach to know that they can actually hear what I'm saying Mm -hmm. because I listen to some people and it just doesn't resonate with me like something goes off in me or my ears shut down or whatever it is so I think you need to pick someone whose communication style suits you so I'm someone who can't do someone who's loud like when I've had personal training first thing I've said to my trainers do not yell at me I just shut down yes you can whisper in my ear and tell me to like get my ass in a gear really quietly and I will move ever yell at me Mm -hmm. so communication style I think is really important Two, choose someone who has succeeded in the path that you want to go down. Why would you go on a tour on the other side? Like you go and do a group tour on the other side of the world. You go through the Nepalese mountains. Wouldn't you want to go with an experienced hiker who has hiked those mountains? Instead of someone who goes, oh, I just read a book and watched a YouTube video and I'm just going to take you up the mountain and risk your life. What did I say today, like, which I thought was interesting that we were talking today to record for the podcast, Um, become a qualified NLP coach and then coach anyone for $7. Yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> yes, I know. And I was like, I should have taken a screenshot because um, that that's an extreme. I haven't seen something quite like oh, that for a little while now. But no. yes, yeah, that is that scares me in terms of yeah. the it creates. But you're right. You know, why go and invest in somebody because they look good online or something or whatever it is yeah. that like kind of stuff that you and I have often talked about as well. Um, what what is their actual expertise like true yeah. expertise 
and how over how long have they gathered that? Yeah. And are they leading by example? Like, do you actually admire them as a person? Mm. I don't know about you, but I can't be around people that I don't respect and admire. Oh, yeah, Just no, not definitely. even in my personal life, in my personal friend life or anything like that. Mm. So I am not going to mould my business success and invest and put myself in a vulnerable position if I do not admire and respect you. Mm. So they've got to lead by example. Yeah. That's that's me though. Yeah. Well, no, I, I I'm on the same page with you about yeah. that. Being someone that focuses a lot on self leadership, that is that. Yeah. It's like you know, can do can you do you actually walk your talk? Yeah. Practice what you teach, not what you preach. I'm not a big one for preaching. Do you practice yeah. what you teach? You know, is it is it? It doesn't also mean that you have to have all of your life polished to be perfect or whatever, oh. right? Because who has that? We're all human. Oh. Right, no. navigating a topsy-turvy <laughs> human experience. Yeah, and it also doesn't mean you have to broadcast all of the ins and outs of all of the dramas and struggles and everything all over the place either. Yeah, I think it's also that an aspect of that lead leadership or that self leadership is discernment yeah. about professionalism and what's actually appropriate in allowing people to get to yeah. know us. If I ever share anything that is a bit more on the raw and vulnerable side, the purpose of it is is a, is a lesson in it. Mm. That's the reason why I would share it. Yeah, yeah. Mm, for sure. So I think that's covered too. What would be a third one in terms of like? Right. Guys- the communication style, lead by example, respect yeah. and admiration. Yeah, like you've okay. got to respect them. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think you've got to make the judgment on your own. A lot of people will go, you know, well, there's one particular one that, in Perth that you and I both probably talk about where it's almost a little bit of a cult following where at the minute you know someone says they're looking for a business coach everyone pipes in and puts this person's name down um and everyone and I've heard people oh you know everyone's doing it so I'm going to go and do it but that doesn't mean that it's right for you or your business no. you've got to make your own judgment here yeah oh, that's right and that, yeah that's the trendy you know kind yeah. of coaches do not mean that they actually know what they're doing know no. how to coach you actually yeah tangible business experience and expertise that can actually yeah. support you yeah no I think it's interesting um, is, is it actually what you need in your business like right. some people have just like one person did it and I was like why did you do that mm. you're past that point of your business you mm. actually need more this 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 and she was like yeah but everyone else was doing it I'm like oh okay <laughs> yeah. it says a lot doesn't it yeah oh. so you're known, we mentioned this way like early on in the beginning, you're known for your tough love approach. <laughs> I feel like I need to have a warning label on my head. <laughs> no, not at all. And again, you're having the archetypes like the advocate rescuer. That's a big hearted archetype of compassion. But then I can see in your other, some of your other archetypes too particularly yeah. where the toughness comes in, right, in a good yeah. way. So I think it's a beautiful blend of those archetypes where you really truly do feel and care, but there's a different way that that is delivered so it's not unboundaried it's not it's it's, it's actually useful and helpful for people is very to... careful and very thoughtful oh, about yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah so how do you feel that is a benefit though to your business mentor and clients with you having that tough love approach where I think you you know you and I've talked about it. it's like yeah there's we don't BS about anything we go straight to the point yeah what's the point in wasting time with all the fluff and all of the you know making people feel almost too good yeah you're going to be truthful and honest with them yeah you do well that's how they're going to get the results yeah 
and that's what they want they've you know it's pretty clear that when you choose to come on board with me as one of my mentor clients that there's a particular way that I communicate and it is the no bullshit and then the tough love thing. So if you're surprised by it, I don't know who you've been watching on social media. I know, right? I don't, back. <laughs> you don't need a warning label because it's it's very obvious. I <laughs> your style. And for those of, of you listening that don't know Lala and have not followed her on social media yet, you will be after today, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, like your conscious decision to spend a lot of time talking in stories yeah. a large percentage of the week gives people an instant opportunity to get to know your style right you're, you're to the point about whatever the thing is you want to talk about whatever yeah. you want to turn into a lesson and it's it I love it's almost like a it's definitely not comedy show that's not what's coming to mind but it's like <laughs> there's there's some degree of entertainment in a good way yeah. learning but entertaining because of your your personality and your style, as I said, there's no there's no fluffy kind of rah rah nonsense that is unnecessary. You cheer people on. You're all about motivation, but you're also about the truth. And I think the yeah. truth fails. Kind truth. Yes. Yeah. I try and deliver it in a way that is not hurtful, but it still needs to be said. It's like you know when you wear that outfit and you're like, did someone not tell you? Yeah. that your underwear like your dress is tucked in your underwear like you know just things like that really obvious stuff no. and you know when you see a business owner who is exhausted with decision making fatigue who's stressed out financially it's you know emotionally drained because no one around them is supporting them and they come to you and yes you could say things to them that they want to hear but that's actually not what they need no, it's not at all no so you're not being fair to them or kind to them or doing the right thing by giving them the fluff mm. I have to say you know no way, the metaphor coming to mind is like removing the band-aid or the like the the you know the plaster if you've got a, a wound removing that so slowly that you're trying to be kind and trying to prolong the pain but it's actually <laughs> no <Nah>. just <laughs> rip it off like, exactly just rip it off yeah yeah, yeah. the tough love that you get from love I'm just yeah. Straight off, I get straight to the point. But again, so much more purposeful for people. Yeah, right? yeah, because you can get on get the stuff done. Yes. You, know I mean? <laughs> you can't do anything if you don't know about yeah. things to that's causing the issue yeah. or getting on your way or whatever. I know, love it. Oh, we've got so many other things we could talk about, but I'm going to ask you now the questions okay. I love to ask each of our guests that come on to bring us back into leadership and thriving. Being <sighs> themes of she leads, she thrives. Okay. So, what role does leadership play in your life and business? Well, I love your language of self-leadership. Mm. I think that that is probably the key to humanity, I reckon. If we all took on self-leadership, imagine yeah. how much better our world would be, right? Well, bare minimum, people would actually take responsibility for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, are about that possibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I 100% agree with you about the self-leadership. I think that is probably the most important thing. And then when you're leading others, it's that responsibility that you have to make sure that you are leading them to where they actually want to go, not where you want to go. Mm. Yeah, particularly when you're mentoring people in their businesses as well. Yes, because it yeah. could be 
very easy, depending on your personality as a mentor, yeah. to guide people to almost become like a replica of you. And we see this happen a we lot. We see that all the time. It's a common conversation you and I have, isn't it? Yeah. It's like yeah. the such a such effect, as we like to call it. Yes. Yeah. And there's yeah. very examples of those effects of, of yeah. Very- um, yeah. coaches, mentors around there that are, are, are very much swaying. Uh, I feel like a large, or particularly large, it certainly looks like it from the outside, population yeah. of people that are practically, you know what, they're just lost. Yeah. They kind of don't really know. And they've possibly, I think another contributing factor is less trusting in themselves and their ability to make decisions, less yeah. they've been burned. So they this but this person looks like they've got it all together. So they must be yeah. my answer to everything. So I will just do everything that they tell me. Oh yeah. Where where are you in all of that? You know, completely. Yeah. Which is why when you have invested time and energy and commitment into understanding self-leadership, expanding that self-awareness and the self-understanding, you're less likely to be influenced by the influencer kinds yeah Yeah. and usually people that are lost that's where they they go looking for those kind of people isn't it it's how all of those stories of cults and everything else gets formed is because people have not taken the time to actually get to know themselves first that business brings out all of your worst personality traits and all of the baggage you have with your business will bring it out of you yeah, yeah, yeah. It brings up, as we say in the, the whole archetypal psychology space, it brings out all the shadow and yeah. shadow so often seen as the negative parts of us that we don't like, we don't understand, we we either have had judged or labelled or we judge or label ourselves as being negative and not positive, not good about us. And yet my personal view of shadow with, through the lens of, I guess, therapy and counselling is that that's actually where our wisdom truly lies. Yeah, yeah When yeah. we can meet those parts of ourselves and integrate them into the other parts of our personality that we find easy to talk about, easy to relate to, love to share, that's when we become whole, right? That's when we're really integrated and can be our most wise selves. So, yeah, another be have to be an episode all about that at some point in time. But right now I'd love to know, how do you know when you're thriving? I love that question. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it when I was listening to your podcast. And I think the first answer that came to my mind is when others around me are thriving. So when I see my husband is happy at what he's doing, he's sleeping well at night, you know, my dog is happy, my team around me, when others around me, particularly the ones that are very in my inner circle, in my inner life, um, are the happiest around me, then it means that things are thriving, things are well. For me personally, it's when I can sleep at night and my chest is not tight mm. and my dreams and everything is like it's all calm. There's a calmness about everything and it doesn't feel volatile around me because I grew up with a lot of that. So being able to create a very calm, stable, everyday life for me that is safe is no is when I know I'm thriving. Beautiful answer. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So the next key question. If anyone's been listening and they're intrigued to know more, where yeah. did they go to connect with you in the online space? <laughs> the best place to find me is on Instagram. And <laughs> yeah, the best place to find me is Instagram, story chats at about 8.30 in the morning when I'm making my coffee. It's called Coffee Chats. Everyone who's listening, um, that's 8.30 Australian West oh, yeah. time, right? So for those of you, we have a big US audience. Generally, oh, yeah. 
Perth, where Lala and I are on the west coast of Australia, is 12 hours ahead of US Eastern. So we're talking about 8.30 in the morning for us. It's about 8.30 at night, the day before for all of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true because I have a lot of friends in um, New York stationers that jump on. Yeah, we have conversations at odd times. The Instagram handle is called Lala for Business. It's very pink. (laughs) so if you've landed on a page where it's like deep hot pink um you're in the right spot but that's the best place to find me is on instagram at lala for business yeah Yeah. fantastic and we'll make sure that all the links that you share with us like that facebook your website are available on the show notes so you know and i often say this there should be no difficulty for our listeners to find any of our guests because we make sure we link up as many links as you give us and if anyone is ever stuck and can't find please just reach out to myself and my team and we will connect you with <laughs> you want to chat to or follow up but I know for me when I'm a guest on a podcast I love it when someone's listened to the conversation that I've been a part of and they reach out and say I heard you on such and such yeah. and I'm just like hi like make it a meaningful dm because I know that like, super like super present and chatty in my dms as well like that's where all of the best conversations happen um i've had people i've one random who's now a client she slid into my dms at eight o'clock at night and said i've just been out with some people for korean and they all said that you love korean dramas and bts are you going to the movies to watch the bts concert or what's the latest korean drama and we've just become best friends through like toiling each other what korean dramas and the latest song that's come out with bts and and now she's a client so there you go so never underestimate where your clients come from but also in sharing the parts of you that make wow gives people a chance to build that no like trust right (laughs) yeah absolutely super important yeah All right, my beautiful friend, what's one final piece of wisdom that you'd like to share? Because we've covered a lot of different topics today, but what's kind of come to your heart and your mind that would be ideal for those ambitious, impact-driven, legacy-creating, you know, listeners all around the world that are tuning into our conversation? Be you for you. That's it. Not for anyone else. Doesn't have to make sense to anyone else but just be you for you. And if you don't know what that is, find you. Mm. Because then everything else just falls into place. Like seriously, every other decision you make in your life, personally, emotionally, mentally, business-wise, everything, once you really truly know who you are, then everything else just falls into place. It just becomes effortless. It does. And it's worth the horrible uncomfortableness of discovering your shadows, as you like to say, all those parts of you, it's worth all of that ickiness to get to the really good parts of it. It sure is. I mean, it's worth it, yeah. Entire business and most of my life have been focused on self-exploration, self-awareness. So I was never going to think that your piece of of wisdom there was not a spot on. (laughs) Could have been more ideal, which is a, another reason why I'm so excited to share with you or introduce you later this week to your actual six archetypes. And yeah. maybe we'll get Lalo back at another point in time and talk through all your archetypes. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, lots of fun. So thank you so much for joining me, for saying yes and coming and having a great conversation. Oh, it was a joy. I'm going to love it. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. And 
listening to what we created today for your ears, for your delight, for your motivation, hopefully, for your, hopefully you've had some laughs along the way as well. And uh, we've given you something to think about because that's a really big thing for me with Shirley, She Thrives is I want listeners to really take something away from the conversations that they tune into. And if for now, right now, it is a piece of motivation or inspiration, that's amazing. And if it's something more profound, it's gonna you're going to take action on. I think you've both got that, Lala and I, you know me, if you've been listening for a while, we're action takers. Don't like sitting around. So go and do something with something you listen to today for sure. So thank you, my friend, again, for joining me. Thank you, listeners, for being a part of this today. And I look forward to being back in your ears very soon with a new episode. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. You are so valued and appreciated. Aside from this podcast, my favorite place to hang out online is definitely Instagram. So come and join me, Shannon underscore the Thrive Factor. And no, my DMs are always open for genuine questions and connections. For all the latest Thrive Factor goodness, visit thrivefactorco.com forward slash links, where you'll find more about thriving in life and business. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show and share it with your friends. Let's amplify thriving the world over.